Good afternoon, everybody. You're listening to Artspin uh, with myself, Christian, this afternoon. And I'm, I'll be talking to Gurkham Ajaralu today about uh, Milk Bars, which is part of the Metanoe Theatre's live works season. So welcome to Artspin, Gurkham. Thank you. Great to be here. Sure. So you're the, uh, you're the director of, of Milk Bars, which is a live art piece. Um, so could you tell us how, how you got involved uh, in the project? Yeah, look... Um so Metanoia Theatre, there's three key artists in, in the company, and the other two artists, actually, Shane Grant and Greg Orson, they came up with the concept and thought it would be great to do a venue-wide, site-specific work about milk bars, just looking at the, you know, what milk bars meant for Australia, where they've disappeared, where they've gone, what they mean today. And I suppose there were two key things that we, we wanted to look at. One was the way that milk bars were almost like a small little tiny community centre where you were known by name and you know people had a sense of their milk bar their local corner shop and a sense of that disappearing and what are our community centres now our you know piazzas where is it that we gather if um, the milk bar was was a place where people would meet and you know hang out and the other aspect that we were really interested in was the way that different waves of migrants have really set up milk bars and used it as a way for social and economic mobility not only migrants, a lot of you know Australian-born and uh, people have also run milk bars, and for them it's also been a, a way of kind of moving up the social and economic ladder. So we've been interested in that, and we've really explored a whole range of those um, things through our show, which we've looked at it both literally in an abstract way, in a metaphoric way. We've kind of gone the full gamut of ways that you could explore the concept. <laughs> <laughs> right. And um, a little while ago, we also talked to uh, one of the artists, Shane Grant, who um, touched on the experts that you spoke to um, to pull together these stories about different milk bars. So could you tell us a little bit more about the people you spoke to and how you combined their stories into, into this show? Yeah, we've interviewed a series of people who, who've run milk bars or grown up in milk bars and all of their excerpts from all of their interviews are, are included in the show as well as having the wonderful Dominique Greco who is actually, he grew up in a milk bar but he also is the president of the association Canberra that look, has looked after milk bars for uh, over 100 years, since 1913. He hasn't mm. been there for that long, obviously. <laughs> but he, he's in the show talking about his experiences and perspectives around milk bars and being, you know, growing up in one, as well as all of those other stories that um, I mentioned earlier. Probably about six people we've interviewed from different walks of life and different backgrounds who've run milk bars. And you get to hear their perspectives about the good times, the bad times, and everything in between. <laughs> Oh sure. So oh yes, you're having speakers. Is is that right for as well for these performances telling their stories, the actual first hand accounts that are part of going to be part of this work? Yeah. So there's a range of that as well as um, artists who are doing performances. There's recorded interviews and soundscapes from the experts that we've spoken to, as well as the live appearance. And we've also got songs and projections and visual artworks. It's a whole range of things. It's really a cross between an exhibition and a live theatre event across the entire Mechanics Institute venue. Oh, yeah, so that's, um, that's the idea of what live art uh, is and isn't it? It's, somewhere, it's halfway between um, an exhibition and a theatre show? Yeah, look, I think there's a lot of different works that come under the banner of live art, but there is always a kind of merging or crossover between those two art forms, so visual arts and theatre or performance. And so our definition for this show, I suppose, is that crossover between an exhibition and a theatre event. And 
So also there's a merging of between, you know, the real life and the artistry. So that's where the perspectives of the experts and the real people, if you like, or rather than the artistic rendition of the work comes into it. Oh, right. And um, had you always envisioned it to be this sort of multidisciplinary, I guess, so like multi-forms, so different art forms being combined into into the one show? Yeah, we did. We did one of these works um, last year, which was very successful with the same idea, the same formic idea, so that, that it was across the venue and it merged a range of art forms. And we wanted to continue in that vein and work with a whole range of artists. So we're working with designers and visual artists, sound artists, composers, performers, dancers, puppeteers. We're working with a whole range of different artists who are presenting work in this in this show. Right. And um, what was it like uh, pulling all of that together? Because the way Shane described it, it seemed that um, the audience members had quite a bit of control over their own. They could like follow their own um, curiosities and go down the parts that they wanted to um, in their exploration of this uh, of this show. Yes, exactly. So there's things going on in different parts of the venue. So that's in, in the same way that when you go to an exhibition, you can move from place to place and look around. You make your choice about what you see and when you see it. Whereas in a theatre show, you generally sit down and watch one thing. So our work is like an exhibition in that you can move around and go wherever you want to and encounter a performance or encounter a projection or encounter a sound work as you move around the venue. And, and sometimes they'll come to you and sometimes you'll go to them. So people definitely will choose their own journey, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, but sometimes they'll come to you, you say, as well. There's that aspect to it, the artist coming to the audience. Yeah, so you might be, you know, standing having some mixed lollies and the performer might enter the space and start dancing or speaking or performing. So, yeah, that's what I mean by that. Oh, I see, right. So when it comes to rehearsing a show like this or rehearsing slash putting it together, given that each performance is you know, going to be quite different, I would imagine, depending on the audience that you get, um, yep. yeah, how, how would you say you went about uh, preparing for it? Well, I think it, you know, it's, it always depends on the people that you're working with. So we're working with a great team of artists who all create you know, fantastic works on their own and we, we have a whole series of meetings where we come together and we discuss it and we try and work out you know, the overall vision based on individual pieces that people, their responses to the material, to the research material that um, we gathered. And then we just look at how we're going to put that all together and start thinking about the audience's experience. So from our point of view, I suppose from the director's point of view, it's really about thinking about the audience's experience and how they move through the spaces and how they encounter the works. And each artist develops their own response and we, being the director, put it together. <laughs> Sure. Um, and what were some of, maybe in, in the early stages of development as well, like would you, I guess, like invite maybe trusted friends to come to go through and have a test? And like what were the, maybe the test runs we could call it sort of like? Well, to, yeah, look, with this kind of work, it's actually very hard to know what the work is until you have an audience. Hmm. So we are really going to find out once we have the real audience, you know, what it's like, because it requires, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose that's the other aspect of live art is that live art is really only, I mean, all art obviously requires the receiver, the audience or the person reading or watching or looking at the work, but live art really isn't made until the audience is there. So until we actually have our audience, the work hasn't happened yet. <laughs> so testing, you know, it could be valuable, but in a way the actual work will live when the actual audience is here, if that makes sense. Oh, it does. So it's something, I guess, you have to give yourself up to the uncertainty of it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. 
So you're um, are you excited to to find out what, well, yeah, what the work will look like? I guess once you have that audience in there. Yes, really excited. I think that's the fun of it is to see, yeah, how people respond and how they choose and how they interact with the work, and yeah, that's always exciting. So I am looking forward to that. Is is live art something you've done um, much of before um, in your career? Would yeah, you look, I bought, yeah, I, I suppose. I've done some uh, large-scale works, mainly the 24-hour experience, which I think the Arts Union covered last year, and we did one in Melbourne in 2014 and one last year in Ballarat, and that 24 hours of live art on the hour every hour, So, and that was impossible to do beforehand. You couldn't rehearse a 24-hour show that involved, you know, 100 artists and production people, so it was always about the response of when the audience arrived, so... Yeah, and as I said, Metanoia have done, we did the Ten Commandments last year, Ten Cs, um, which was about the Ten Commandments, and that was the same sort of work. So, and I've, yeah, so I, over my career I've worked in this sort of area of participatory documentary, hybrid live arts, and I think it's a, yeah, I think it's a really exciting field, and we're happy to be working in this area and keep making work. Great. So what is it, what are the main things I would you say you find you enjoy? Like, is it the surprise of you know, things surfacing when you have the audience in there that you didn't even think of before? What are the biggest joys, I guess, of of working in live art for you personally? Well, I've always had, personally, I've always had a fascination with the crossover between fact and fiction, real life, and, you know, constructed artistic interpretations and responses to life. So I feel that live art is working in that area where it creates encounters or environments where you are living something that you don't know what it's going to be just as, as life is but it's an artistic construction <laughs> so I suppose mm. for me that's the thing that I, I find really exciting mm. so it's like living art you create a framework in order to enter it and live the art for that period of time <laughs> yeah. wow yeah just a couple more questions about um, milk bars in particular so it's uh, Shane when he, was, when he was on the show he was telling us that it was sort of nostalgic um, in its view of milk bars but not dwelling in too far into it it was also quite uh, very contemporary this piece so would you agree with that could you tell us about how the past and the present kind of surface and how you've been putting together milk bars yeah look I guess what we did was we did a whole range of research which included interviewing people gathering you know historic archives images etc and then all the artists then responded to that material. So everyone responded in different ways. So some of the work is, some of it is nostalgic, some of it is historical, some of it is very contemporary, some of it is interpretive, some of it is very literal. So it's really about the multiplicity of responses to the material that gives it that diversity, I suppose. So there there are all of the elements. There's nostalgia through some of the photographs, through some of the interviews, some of the set design and, and so on. And, and then there's looking at the hard realities of, of running a milk bar that comes through, again, some of the interviews, some of the performance pieces, some of the soundscape, some of the songs. So, yeah, we look at a, a whole range of different aspects of the milk bar. There's no one thing. But when an audience member leaves, they will leave with a range of different reflections and interpretations around this theme. Ah, sounds fantastic. One final question. What would you say you personally miss most about milk bars since they do seem to be on the decline? Is it the sense of community that you were talking about before or is it something else? 
I think, look, personally, I really miss mixed lollies. I think, like, <laughs> it's an absolute yeah. shame that we just don't have mixed lollies everywhere. But, yeah. you know, putting together little bags of mixed lollies, it's quite time-consuming. Mm. But I think for me, it's more of a symbolic loss. So the loss of the milk bar for me is a symbolic loss of the personal. When we've moved to these, you know, great big supermarkets, it's, more, it's about the move from the local to the global mm. and what we lose with that. So of course, we gain things, but what about the one-on-one face-to-face contact, you know, the supermarket machine or the 7-Eleven where the staff change every day and you never know who you're going to talk to and no one, you don't feel like you're actually being spoken to or you don't feel like you can actually engage with people in the supermarket, etc. because it's, you know, sometimes you see people behind the cash in a supermarket and you think, wow, you're being treated like a machine <laughs> and you're treating us like machines. Like we're not actually really engaging here. So that's, mm-hmm. I suppose that for me is, it's more of a symbolic loss of that that I think the milk bar represents, mm. um, which I think is a good sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I definitely see what you're saying there. So, yes, thank you so much for, for talking with us, Gherkin. Um, no worries. So, Milk Bars is on at the Brunswick Mechanics Institute um, from 7 p.m. It starts on July 27, otherwise known as this Wednesday, and runs until um, August the 6th. That's so soon. I'm very excited for you and, uh, and for it indeed. So, yeah, thanks so much for joining us again, Gherkin. Thank you. Great to be here. And uh, best of luck with the show. Um, can't wait to see how it turns out, as, as I'm Wonderful. sure you are as well. Yes. Yes, exactly. Thank you very much. Thanks.